Amen, amen. So welcome to Elevate. Okay, what, what? What, what, what's the other language? Vas, vas? Is it vas, vas? Vas, vas? Heaven. Heaven. <laughs> I'm just joking. But welcome to Elevate. We meet every Friday at 7 p.m. For those of you that don't know who I am, my name is Oscar Cardenas. I'm a deacon here at Metro Praise International. And we're going to be continuing our sermon series, Life to the Fullest, specifically green pastures. And to really understand what green pastures are and how we get there, uh, let's recap a little bit. So when we first started the sermon series, we went through a specific, uh, who remembers what the topic was for the first time we started the sermon series? It's a test now. Let's see who's listening. What was that? Who said that? I'm sorry. I, I can't hear you. I'm sorry. That was last week. What's the first one, though? I give you props for remembering that, though. Okay, I'm, I'm going to give you the answer here. Wait, who said that? Yes, thieves and robbers, okay? So for that, we, we focused on thieves and robbers within the church because it says in John 10, if we could turn to John 10, please. It says in John 10 that there are thieves and robbers, and it specifically focuses on the Pharisees, and the Pharisees are people within the church who are religious leaders who tend to know better. And these are people that says in the Bible that we need to be careful about who's teaching us the word because there are people in the congregation that tend to uh, almost teach us like a false narrative that gives us a false gospel. And we really need to be careful because otherwise it's going to lead us to a place that is not the pasture that the shepherd promises us, okay? So it says here, very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the, sh- uh, the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by other ways is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen, his vo- listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow strangers. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And there's specific people in the church who like to have this uh, role of having the voice, of having that pastoral role and leading people. They say, hey, come follow me. I know better. I'm going to lead you to green pastures. But as we continue in John 10, 10, it says that there are, there are hired people, there's hired men that tend to come in. And then what they tend to do is that once the wolves come, come by, you know, once the wolves are coming in, they're about to eat the sheep, they're about to feast down. The hired hand tends to run away and leaves the sheep for death. And it teaches us that we have to be careful about who's leading us. And if they're preaching the right gospel, because we do not want to follow people who tend to uh, teach a false gospel. If we now have leaders that are teaching us, hey, uh, you cannot receive salvation through Jesus Christ. Hey, Jesus Christ did not raise from the dead. Then that is the wrong teacher. You need to stop following him. Tell him to get another job because they are not fit to teach you. We need to find leaders who are fit to teach us because what we want is to be led to green pastures. We want to have eternal life in Jesus Christ. This is what uh, green pastures are. It says, let's see. I got to pull up my notes real quick. Just continuing on from seven and onwards, it says, Therefore Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate and no one can come through the gate. But through him, because everybody else is thieves and robbers. And then in verse 11, it says, I am the good sheep. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolves coming, like I said, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatter it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. These individuals do not care about you. They do not care about your relationship in Christ. And they don't care if you have any relationship in Christ or if you're even within the church. Because their, their main goal is to literally take you away from Jesus. And the thing is, we tend to think that these people know better because they were raised up in a religious place. They're a religious leader, like a Pharisee at this time, where they tend to say, I am a descendant of Abraham, and I know better than you, Jesus. And you are not, you are not of Christ. That's what they told Jesus, that Jesus, you do not know better, and you just sinned, so we need to get rid of you. That's what they say. They said that they are descendants of Abraham. And Jesus responds, if you were really descendants of Abraham, then you will know my word. You will know my voice, and you will know that what I teach and what I preach is correct. But they don't necessarily do that. They, they call him a liar. They don't want to follow him. Literally, as we know, if you know the gospel, they want to kill him, and they succeed in killing him. But thank God, our Jesus resurrected. Amen? Amen. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. Okay, I'm sorry. The reason my... Verse 16, I'm sorry. I have... Other sheep that are not of the sheep pen, I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up. This command I received from my father. And what Jesus is telling us is that he wants to lead us to a pasture that is promising. Because a pasture that is not promising is literally just death. It's death. It's setting us up for death. Because sheep, when they are led to a, pasture, a green pasture, it's a place where it's uh, fruitful. It's vegetation. You know, when they're in a pasture, they tend to eat the grass. Now, what if the shepherd were to take us? to a place that was not good for us, like artificial grass. Artificial grass is not good. You know, if we're sheep and we need to eat, you take us to artificial grass. The sheep may eat the grass, but they will not live on forever. They may die at some point, or they will die at some point. Because the gospel teaches that it is life. It is abundant. It needs to be given to us. And then if we go to Psalm 23 real quick. So I'll just read it here instead of pulling it up on my phone because this will be way faster. Psalm 23. This is a psalm written by David. And David wrote this at a hard time in his life. And he kept faith. He wanted to stay in the green pasture and he wanted to be led by Christ. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake, even though I walk. If you could continue to scroll with me, please. Thank you. Through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I pray that we have hearts like this. Because we may have seasons where we're tempted to not follow Christ. We may have seasons where we want to walk away from Christ. Because we, we believe that 
there is more promises somewhere else in our lives. At one point, I found pasture and track and field. And what I learned was it was keeping me astray from the gospel because what would happen was I would have track meets on Fridays, and then I would, I'd tell my leaders, hey, I can't come to Elevate this Friday. I have a track meet. And I would go to my track meet, and during those times, I would just remember, man, I wish I was at Elevate. I wish I was receiving the word of God. I wish I was in the, uh, the area they call green pastures because this is where I can grow in. Because I did not feel comfort there. But the rest of my team felt comfort there. They found it promising, especially in their future, because maybe they believe they could have gotten a scholarship through that sport. Or, um, you know, who knows what it is, the glee club, drama club, or even anime club, where they tend to believe that what they're following will bring them to a future where it seems promising, where they'll get the gratification. But... We do not find gratification in that, especially as Christians. We find gratification in the word of God. I feel life. I feel joy in the life of God. But that's, uh, you know, outside of that, you know, not having joy, not having peace. We may feel depressed. We may mourn. You know, it actually says in the Bible that, uh, you know, it's a normal thing to mourn. It says to mourn with those who mourn. But the Bible does not teach us that we should continue to mourn. That we should not continue in a lifestyle where we feel depressed, where we feel, where we feel anxiety, fear, where we live, consistently live in a life of sin, where we're going back to back, living in sexual morality or gossip or I don't know what it is. But the Lord promises a pasture where we'll have eternal salvation, where we'll have joy and we'll have peace. But yet... We are not promised. I'm, I'm telling you now, okay, because I don't want you guys to, uh, you know, quote me on this or anything. But being in the green pasture does not mean all of a sudden that there are no longer hardships in our lives. I'm not saying that you'll never feel uh, sad ever again or that you'll be happy the rest of your life. You know, God willing, he will give you a blessed life and it will be amazing. But we are not promised that all of a sudden that the hardships in our life get easy. I know we lose people, we lose friendships, and we want to be depressed, and we want to mourn all day and night. But the gospel tells us that we are not meant to stay in a place like that. Though it may seem uncomfortable, though we may not want to be in a place that, that is pasture-like just because it may feel itchy, it may be weird, it gets your clothes dirty, or who knows what it is. But we are not a called to a place where we need to stay comfortable now because let me tell you being in artificial grass for instance this like a metaphor it may feel comfortable to be a part of the world it may seem satisfying like turf i me personally i like turf i think it looks cool it looks clean it looks satisfying to the eye first impression i want to lay down in it i want to take my shoes off i want to run barefoot because it is so simple unlike real grass you have to go look for it. You have to maintain it for a long period of time. You have to water it. You have to take care of it, etc. But the thing is, artificial grass will not keep us going. It will not feed us like the word of God with the real pastures. But it will kill us. Because artificial grass, for the most part, uh, you know, it's not made. It's made with chemicals. It's made with toxins that can kill us. Our grass is natural. It's good for us. As sheep, we want to eat it. We want to grow. But if we continue to eat 
the false words that people preach to us, it's going gonna, it's gonna to kill us. And we don't want that for us. If you want it, say amen. Okay, no, if you want artificial grass, say amen. There we go. Yeah, I got you guys. That was my fault. I should have been more specific. But real grass is what God promised us. And we need to be able to hear the shepherd that leads us into this pasture. Because now if we follow falsehoods, we don't know where they're going to lead us. We, they might not even lead us to a pasture. They may lead us off a cliff and we'll die instantly. But it says, uh, we're going to continue reading in verse 22 in just a second. But we need to be able to also hear the word of God and be able to test it with his word. Like I said, if a preacher is telling you, that Jesus did not rise from the dead. You need to go back to the word, see where it says that Jesus did rise from the dead, and show that uh, pastor or leader or elder or deacon or whoever it is that's in that higher role. Correct them and let them know, hey, what you teach is a false word, and I will not follow it. I want a teacher who's going to teach me right from wrong. In verse 22, then came the festival of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter. And Jesus was in the uh, temple courts and walking in Solomon's, okay, give me a second because I need to pronounce this correctly, colonnade. Did I say that right? Thank God, yes. The Jews who were there gathered around him saying, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. I'm going to tell you plainly. Say, tell me plainly. That's right. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you did not believe the works I do. Is my father's in my fa- I do in my father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. Say eternal life. Eternal. Jesus gives you eternal life, and they shall never perish. We shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand, and I and the Father are one. And this is what Jesus promises. But, then, but like I said, we need to know his voice. We need to listen to his voice. We need to follow his voice. Because many of us, we may have situations in our life or moments in our life where we don't want to listen to Christ because it does not seem promising. God, you promised me. You promised me the easiest life. You promised me that I'd be a billionaire. And you didn't give it to me, God, so I don't know if I want to follow you anymore. God, I don't know. God, why did you do this to me? Why am I sinning, God? God, it's your fault. It's your fault. There are, situ- there are moments in our lives where we may be tempted to say words like these or follow another path that may not be the path of God. We may be like people of this world that tend to say, there are many paths to God. There's infinite ways to get to God as long as we get there, but there's not. It is only through one. Because remember, if we go to the beginning of John 10, it says that there is one gate, one gate. It doesn't say there's multiple gates. Jesus doesn't say there's a gate in the back. You can go back there too or through here. He says there is one gate, and Jesus says it is through me. It is through me. And if you follow any other gate, and it doesn't even say that there's any other gates, but it says if you climb over or go under or whatever it is, you may, I don't know, maybe you walk through the wall. You try walking through the wall. I don't know what you guys are trying to be doing. But Jesus says if there's any other way that you come in that is not through me, you are not my sheep. 
you were in the sheep pen pretending, pretending, acting like you're one of my sheep. But then when I call, my sheep follow me. And who knows, you may be in the back trying to catch up, saying that you are following me. But Jesus says, it is only through him. And I pray and ask, or I'm not going to even ask, I pray for you guys. I pray for those who do not want to follow Christ, that want to follow their own way to Christ. There is no other way but through Christ. Christ says that I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes through me. No one comes through the Father but through me. No other way. The gospel does not teach us any other way. Some of you guys like to make up your own way. Some of you guys like to consistently sin, saying that, oh, I'm still, you know, I'm still following Christ. Uh, you know, I'm still saved. But Christ doesn't call us in that uh, lifestyle. Christ calls us out of that lifestyle. He tells us, follow me. Be sinless. Be my disciple. Listen to my words. Be Christ-like. Be a Christian. Reflect my words so that when you look in the mirror, you don't see yourself, but you see Christ in the mirror. You see Christ teaching when you are uh, encouraging one another. When you guys are speaking to one another, you know, you should, want, you should hear Christ's voice speaking to you. So when I come up to you guys and I start asking questions like, hey, uh, how are you doing today? You know, or like, hey, did you, uh, did you do your homework? Did you curse this week? And then, uh, you know, you may feel iffy about it. Like, oh, that's, that's weird. Why are you asking me so, such personal questions? And I actually had a leader that would do that for me. That would ask me personal questions. That asked me the uh, down and dirty questions that I needed to be told as a Christian. Because he wanted to check my life. Make sure that I was living Christ-like. And I, th- I thank him. I thank him. And he knows who he is. He used to tell me, and not only me, but other brothers in this church. Hey, are you living for Jesus? Hey, are you watching pornography? What are you doing? Well, who are you messaging at night? And make sure... I was following the right path that Jesus set before me, that I was following Jesus and no one else but Jesus. And I thank him. I thank him. I love you, and you know who you are. But we should see Christ. We should hear Christ within each other. We should be speaking like Christ. If we're not speaking life unto others, then I'm telling you now, then you probably You are not a descendant of Abraham who knows the voice of God. You do not know the voice of God because you you preach another gospel that's not of God. You like to speak death. I don't like speaking death. Whenever uh, I hear a brother or sister going like, oh, man, it sucks, or I suck, man. Oh, I'm not not good enough. I don't like that personally. I don't like that. I tell them, do not not say that. Do not speak life. Do not speak death into life. Do not speak life into death because it's not of God. We should be Christ-like. We should be encouraging one another. We should be speaking like, hey, you're beautiful. Hey, you're awesome. You're a great leader. You know, keep at it. Uh, Continue to do one-on-one. Get into two-on-one. Become a deacon. Become an elder. Start to make disciples. Multiply. We need to encourage one another. Otherwise, we are not doing what God has teached us. We want to be like Christ. We want to be a shepherd like Christ where we lead the sheep to Christ, not away from Christ. And I thank God, I thank God that I had people who taught me the right gospel because at one point in my life, I, w- I would 
I would personally say I wasn't teaching the right gospel. I would literally say stuff that was not even in gospel just because I didn't know the gospel, which is why it's so important for us as Christians that we study our Bible, that we know the word of God, that we are sharp as the edge of that we are sharp like a sword's edge, where we slice through the enemy's lies, deceptions, and we test it, and that we sharpen each other like iron. And I thank God. I just, if you thank God, just say thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your word. That I may be able to study it and put it up against anything that's not of you, God. Jesus, we thank you, God. We just thank you, God, that you lead us by green pastures, and we have leaders within this church, like Pastor Joe, like Joe B, like, uh, like Daryl, Catherine, etc. We have leaders who will lead us to green pastures and let us know this is what it is. This is how we get into green pastures, to follow the shepherd who leads us into green pastures. Literally, in Psalms 26, Psalms 23, it says that the waters are calm, that everything is calm, everything is beautiful, it's nice, it's great. This is what green pastures take, takes us to. This is what it looks like that when the shepherd takes us to green pastures. Because other, there's no other pasture that could compare like the one Christ promises. And I, and I just want to say I pray for every single one of you who want to follow the world, who find gratification in the world. Don't get me wrong. There's great things of this world in the sense of uh, having fun, spending time with friends, spending time with family. But it's also good to get that time in with God. As I have the altar workers in band up, if I could have everybody please stand up. I mentioned earlier that the uh, life may be difficult. When people come to Christ, they have this idea, like I said, like it's rainbows and unicorns and the promises that we've always wanted in our lives are going to come true. Jesus is not a genie, okay? I'm going to let you know. Jesus is not a genie, and he's not somebody you could negotiate with. Like, God, I will go up to one of these altar workers right now, ask for prayer, and give my life over to you. If you promise me one thing, Jesus, if you promise that I'll find $100 later today, then I will give everything unto you, Lord. That just sounds stupid. That's ridiculous. And it's not how we should carry ourselves. It's not how we should follow Christ or we start negotiating with God, the one who takes and who gives, the one who could simply take our lives. Who are we to negotiate with someone so mighty? I'm not saying God's going to take your life all of a sudden, but we are not in a position where we're face-to-face -face with God in the sense of like, all right, God, how are we going to do this? I give you a dollar, you give me two. If your life seems like butterflies and unicorns all the time, you have to check your heart. Because you might be following the wrong shepherd. Because the wrong shepherd would promise you everything. Because remember, the devil even 
told Christ, you see everything, I can give you all this, Christ, if you just follow me. Satan, get behind me, is what Jesus said. When we're in the flesh, everything seems so amazing, seems so perfect. It may seem pleasing, like sin. But for those of you who live like Christ and have stumbled, and have stumbled, we as sheep realize that lifestyle is not a good thing. It pleased us for what, 10 seconds, a minute, 10 minutes? Who knows what it was? Maybe smoking weed for five minutes, 10 minutes seemed great. But then after the fact, you start to realize that 10 minutes of pleasure did absolutely nothing for my life. Did absolutely nothing for my life. But it's only in Jesus. It's only in Jesus where I feel pleased. It's only in Jesus that I'm promised salvation. What are you promised tomorrow? If you're not living for Christ, what are you promised? Nothing. You are promised nothing. You are promised nothing playing video games all your life. You are promised nothing smoking weed with your friends. You are promised nothing just doing makeup all the time. You are promised nothing unless you follow the shepherd who will lead you to green pastures. Find, go ahead and find fake pastures. Go, hide, go ahead and find stuff that will satisfy you for 10 minutes and let me know how long. Let me know how long that satisfies you. What's his name? I'm thinking of somebody. But there's literally celebrities this day who make millions of dollars, billions of dollars, and still want to give their lives. They want to commit suicide. There we go, Robin Williams, or even Chester Bennington. These were famous people. Robert, Robert Williams, who was an actor, who made millions. Chester Bennington, who was a singer of a band, who led a band, who had millions of fans, who made millions of dollars. And literally, their life was a perception. They may have lived the best life, as some people would say, Oh, you have money, you could buy whatever you want, you have the best house, you meet so many cool people. But yet, individuals like these gave, gave up their lives. They committed suicide because they weren't satisfied. They lived in sin and they weren't satisfied. So you can't tell me that living in sin will satisfy you. These altar workers are here to pray with you, to encourage you. If you're, living, if you're following another shepherd besides Christ, I pray that you go up to our leaders and tell them to correct you. Tell them, ask them what is the, the gospel. Ask them questions. Where does it say this in the gospel? Ask these questions. 
take these leaders and use them to your advantage to learn God's word, to gain wisdom. If I could have everybody close your eyes and bow their heads. Jesus, God. Thank you, God, for being so awesome, God. But I pray, God, that we are not like the Israelites, God, wandering in the wildernesses, in the wilderness for 40 years, God, complaining and babbling, God, saying, when are we getting to the green pastures, God? But then we don't even follow your words, God, that we don't even follow your voice, God. But continue to plan, God, and just to accept, God, what is there, God, the little, God. God, I pray, God, that we have, we don't have a heart, God, that's just going to take in the little, God, and be satisfied with as much as we can get, God. But I pray, God, that we have big hearts, God, that we have big dreams, God. I'm not saying that we had to crush, crush our big dreams and all of a sudden uh, turn into a pastor. I'm saying we have to follow Christ. Jesus, I pray that we follow you, God, and only you, God. I pray that our eyes are set upon you. Just pray unto God as the worship team can, uh, starts to sing.
God, I pray, God, that we're never, we never let our guard down. God, I pray that we always consistently wear the full armor. God, I pray that we don't even let the smallest thing, God, get through us, God. It may be something as small as gossip, God. I pray that gossip is not a hindrance in our life, God, where it leads us into sin, God. I pray that we just don't stay in our flesh, God, but we let our flesh speak upon you, God. We give you honor and glory, God. During, during this time, as we get ready to dismiss, if you still feel the need to have prayer, our prayer workers will stay up here and give a moment for you to come up. Or if you feel a need to talk to, to the side, feel free. But if you feel in your heart today that you need to give something unto the Lord, do it today. Do it today. I just feel God moving in this place. And God will move those who want to move. But those who feel like they have to stand firm, they have to stay in this one place. God is saying that he will not move you because you do not want to move. God, I just thank you, God, for this night, God, of Elevate, God. I thank you for another Friday, God, where we get to come together, God, and hear your word, God. I pray that the, this word, God, was beneficial to the youth here today, God, and through the live stream, God. I pray, God, that they were able to gain wisdom and knowledge, God. I pray, God, that it just adds on to their growth, God, as they become leaders, God, as they become followers of Christ, Lord. As they, as they are Christians, God, Christ-like, God, little Christians, God. I pray that you just bless their lives, God. And I pray, God, as they walk out here today, God, they continue to live a life of obedience, God, a life that's accordance to your word, God. Into your mighty name, I pray. And everybody said, amen. During this time, like I said, if you still feel the need to pray, Feel free to stay in the atmosphere, but we do have snacks for you in the foyer. Feel free to fellowship and grab some snacks.